Hello, in the beginning there was a big bang which led me to the creation of brief history of time. Now from beyond the grave. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-
then check out the podcast. I don't think there's any any limit on how many times you could you could watch this film because, like I said, it's it's one of these. One's, I'm not going to call it a hidden gem. It, it literally <laughs> is so bad, it's good. This this is a film that you should see for all the wrong reasons, other than you know the fact that it's got 80s and early 90s kind of icon Corey Haim in it. So the the film that we're we're going to watch today is uh, Prayer of the Roller Boys, which came out in 1990. And it's directed by Rick King. Uh, those of you who are unfamiliar with kind of Rick King's work, he directed Hot Shot in 1986 with the, the legend that is Pelly. He has made numerous kind of cheesy action films over the year and kind of thrillers as well. You've got The Killing Time with Peter Sutherland. You've got Force March with Chris Sarandon. He's made a few films with, with Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon, people will remember from Fright Night. He is the, the head vampire and he is also the unhappy prince in The Princess Bride. We've got Kickboxer 3, The Art of War. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had no idea that Kickboxer ran up as <laughs> as many sequels as that. I have seen the original with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is, again, great 80s movie. Bit of Van Damage. Bit of Van Damme. Yeah, you've got Crossfire with uh, Jeff Fye and Robert Davey. Again, two huge 80s actors. Passion to Kill with Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. Terminal Justice, again with Chris Sarandon, Catherine's Grove, Jeff Fye, Michael Madsen, Safe House, Dennis Hopper, Chris Sarandon, and then he has made some uh, unconventional documentaries. Voices in Wartime, Sherman's March, Maya Underworld, the real doomsday story. <laughs> and so, so probably surprisingly, Prayer of the Roller Boys is written by uh, W. Peter Elif, who wrote Point Break, Patriot Games, Varsity Blues and Under Suspicion. Point Break, I regard as one of the finest action films ever made with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. Patriot Games, you've got the, the second in the, in the Jack Ryan films where Harrison Ford took over from Alec Baldwin, who was in uh, The Hunt for Red October. Mm -hmm. Varsity Blues, you've got that staple high school film where the American football team conquered the odds. It's got John Voight in it and James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Under Suspicion, you've got Gene Hackman facing off against Morgan Freeman. Sweet. Anybody faces off against Morgan Freeman's going to lose. <laughs> the production company, Academy Entertainment. The, the genre, I've already talked about that mm. briefly. We've got a dystopian film, so it's, it's science fiction. Yeah. It's, it's teen. We've got some action, if you can call it action. We've got some crime, got some drama. The taglines are, are a bit weird. And my personal favourite is... In the 21st century, it's going to take one man and his blades to save the world from another man and his blades. <laughs> when, when we're saying blades, we're not talking knives. We, we are no. talking roller blades, yeah. hence the name Prayer of the Roller Boys. We're not, we're not dealing with roller skates. We're dealing with inline roller blades. Yeah. Do you think people like trying to abbreviate roller blades to just blades was to make it sound a bit edgier or a bit cooler because I don't think it really came off that way I mean that's a very dangerous thing to get misconstrued yeah and when you're talking about blades are you talking about stabby stabby I'm going to cut you up fool or just get from one place to the other 
mildly quicker than just running. Definitely mildly quicker than <laughs> London how, running. However, you're in for a treat later on in the podcast because you will see that rollerblades, mm-hmm. not only can you perform death-defying jumps, <laughs> but you can outrun motorbikes <laughs> and 4 by 4s Okay, we're not we're not talking somebody running on the street here. And if you if you want to get stabby stabby, just take the boot off. Yeah, that's true. Um, was it? Oh, what was it? Was it Happy Gilmore? When he said, um, I'm sure he, Happy said that he was like the only player to ever take off his ice skate to try and stab another guy. And, with yes, it. yes, that's that's the record that Happy Gilmore holds. We've also got another tagline: In the future, the streets will belong to the Roller Boys. It doesn't terrify me. No. Uh, the, the, the streets are policed, owned by a, a gang called the Roller Boys. If, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think if the streets were attempted to be run by a gang called the Roller Boys, I don't think you'd even need to really phone the police. You could just like get together the sort of neighbourhood watch. You know how you see those orange signs and like cul-de-sacs and stuff? <laughs> like We're run by a neighbourhood watch. Just consult whoever's the head of that and they'll just have a stare and talking with them and problem <laughs> solved. So before we get into the film, can you tell us the synopsis? Mm, yes, I can, okay. So, set in a dystopian near future, America has declined and become a country of violence and racial prejudice in the future. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not currently. N- n- you know, this, you know, this is this is not reflective of current America. No, because everything was yeah, fine yeah, up to this point. Obviously. Right, anyway. Griffin, played by Corey Haim, earns his living delivering pizzas while he tries to take care of his little brother, Milty. Milty, yeah. Milty, which is played name. by yeah, Devin, Devin Clark. Sounds like something you put down the toilet. <laughs> hand, me, hand me the Milty. It's clogged again. Get the Milty. <laughs> An old friend of his, Gary Lee, played by Christopher Collette, is the leader of a rollerblading youth gang with big ambitions, the Roller Boys. Griff joins them to help the police keep track of the gang and hopefully end their reign for good. We don't have any budget information or no, box office I, information. I struggled to try and find that as well. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't I, find anything on the, on the I, budget. I mean... Probably they were that embarrassed by the <laughs> lack of budget. That <laughs> or, they, or the studio themselves were embarrassed to, as to what they got out of spending a billion dollars oh. in 80s money. <laughs> and like, we, we paid $10 million for this. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> I mean, the, probably the skates are the most expensive thing in the movie. Well, a quick question before we actually like watch it. Are, are these just regular rollerblades? Are these like future rollerblades that have got like rockets in them and stuff? Or is it just straight you know, up I rollerblades? Think, I think they missed a trick. There, yeah. There is no extra propulsion system no, whatsoever. Just, huh. There is no weapon systems. They oh, don't man. fire rockets. <laughs> they certainly don't... <laughs> They magically propel you faster than, well, than yeah. things. Yeah, maybe it's a subtle thing. Maybe they got in on the subtlety thing, just not having a spoon feed. Like, it's the future, so we assume that rollerblades that outrun 4x4s and replace car chases, they get you places quicker, like, much, much quicker, but they just never explain it. They're just like, you yeah. know, I think the they future. were. I think they were hoping, obviously, like, inline skating was... Becoming big mm-hmm. in in the in the very early nineties. Yeah. Was it ever as big as skateboarding? No. No. I I think this was a film that they were they were hoping was going to grab the audience's attention, the public's attention. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was a, a very brief spike in sales for aye. inline skates. Aye, that's fair. 
Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, I, even looking back to when I was in high school, I've had a couple of pals and some skated and some done inline skating or rollerblading or whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah. the, the, only, the only time I ever really saw rollerblades, I saw skaters. I never saw any rollerbladers in, in growing up. And I mean, hmm. I, was, I was 10 when this film came out and I, or I do remember seeing it at the time. Right. It's not the cinema. This was, this was old school. We went to Ritz, not even Blockbuster. <laughs> this was pre-Blockbuster. Went to Ritz, rented the film on yep. VHS. And I remember thinking, ah, yeah, this, this, this is cool. I see people who are ice skaters wear rollerblades as a way of practicing uh, or right. playing uh, yeah. in the movie Clerks they have uh, a scene where they all wear, wear rollerblades to play hockey on the street so street hockey oh yeah, you know, yeah, but okay, yeah. Uh, other than that not not a great deal of stuff involving involving rollerblades yeah in terms of cast before we get going mm-hmm. You mentioned we've got Corey Haim, who is our hero. He uh, plays Griffin. Yep. Corey Haim, people will recognise from being in The Lost Boys, Licence to Drive, Dream of Little Dream, Dream Machine. I mean, these are all, these are all movies that he made with his uh, best friend, Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will remember they were affectionately referred to as the two Corys. <laughs> Believe it or not, Corey Haim actually has a appearance uh, uncredited in Batman and Robin as a, as a biker thug. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Joel Schumacher directed Batman and Robin, but Joel Schumacher also directed The Lost Boys. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Whether Corey Haim was visiting the set that day or, or whether Joel Schumacher just felt sorry for him by that point because yeah. his career was in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. yeah come, come and be thug, biker thug number five. <laughs> but um, not number four. Yeah, number not five. number four. You... you that's just too much screen time. <laughs> You've got Patricia Arquette, Academy Award winner, Best yeah. Supporting Actress for Boyhood. Yep. Yeah, I, I will always remember Patricia Arquette from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, mm-hmm. Dream Warriors, uh, her, her, her first screen appearance. I totally forgot that she was in Little Nicky. Like, I, com- oh, I completely forgot. As the love interest. As the love interest in yes. Little Nicky. <laughs> yes. She's great in Little Nicky. Yeah. We've got... Patricia Arquette, who pops up as uh, Casey, who is an undercover cop. Mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette, we recognise from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Lost Highway. She got the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for Boyhood. I recently watched her as the mother in a TV series called The Act. She is scary in that, like, right. really, really scary. You mentioned she was in Little Nicky. I mean, yeah, she's yeah. in True Romance, the horror movie Stigmata with mm-hmm. Gabriel Byrne. We've got Christopher Collette as, as Gary Lee. I can't actually think of a worse name for a villain. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the leader of the Roller Boys that's supposed to strike fear into everybody. <laughs> yeah, and Hi, Ga- I'm Gary Lee. Ga- Gary Lee's kind of, I don't know, it almost kind of has that sort of almost private prep school kind of, I don't know, like the kid that just kind of stays down the street, like, oh, why don't you just go and go outside and play with Gary Lee? You know, it's, it's not really a, yeah, it doesn't strike fear and terror, but then again, you're not going to give your newborn baby an absolutely terrifying name like Skullcrusher or something. And I personally, I mean, Gary Lee has his minions and his number two is mm-hmm. Bullwinkle. <laughs> and his number three is Bangle. <laughs> Bangle and Bullwinkle and Gary Lee. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we're coming to get you, Griff. Oh my god! And and for some reason, I think that as well is we just, we can't call him Gary. We have to call him his full name, Gary Lee. Gary Lee. Yeah, it's almost like a double barrel name. Like Lee isn't his surname. It's just Gary Lee. Yes. It's yes. just double barrel four name. We've got Julius Harris who pops up as Speedbagger. Um, <laughs> Speedbagger because he is a former boxer. Oh, oh right, okay, yeah. And, and not the connotations behind <laughs> speedbagging. I don't want to have to explain that to people, but just look at look up speedbagging in your urban dictionary <laughs> and educate yourself. Absolute treasure trove of information, urban dictionary. Yes, it is safe to say that uh, Julius Harris does not speedbag anyone in this film. Thank God. He comes close to speedbagging Milty. <laughs> Poor Milty. Poor Milty, who has a rat tail. Um, yes. I know, I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now before we start the film. My favourite character, and mm. probably I can already tell is going to be your favourite character, uh -huh. is Bangle. Bangle, right. So Bangle's number three. Okay. Okay? Yep. Out of our gang. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he's not, he's not quite number two. No. He's not quite up to the same standard as Gary Lee. Yeah. So but he's, he's the resident cycle. <laughs> he's played by Mark Pellegrino, mm -hmm. who most people will recognise from Supernatural, 13 Reasons Why, but notably he is Jacob in Lost. Ah, right, okay. Bangle gets... I think some of the greatest lines in this film. Watch out for when he teaches Griffin how to mix the drugs. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Great scene. We're we're almost ready to get going. Back in the eighties, Corey Haim was was the poster boy who ruled supreme. He was in movies like Lucas, The Lost Boys, License to Drive. He was poster boy. You know, when I say poster boy, he's on all the girls' walls mm -hmm. as a poster, probably as they are imagining him by their side as their as their fake boyfriend. <laughs> His movies were fun. They entertained us, especially me, you know, in the 80s. I mean, Lost mm -hmm. Boys, such a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Death by stereo. <laughs> but then Prayer of the Roller Boys came along and it, it tried to make this comedy actor, you know, this this guy who bounces off of Corey Feldman really well. Mm -hmm. He's he's done he's done horror, he's done comedy. Yeah. This tries to make you know, there's no there's no Corey Feldman, it's just Corey Haim. Mm -hmm. And this tries to make him an action hero. Yeah. So it was maybe a bit of a gamble and huge gamble. Huge gamble on it. Huge gamble. Quite pay off I guess maybe no, because no. the things I guess things didn't kind of skyrocket for Corey Haim after this no well gone was the comedy and then was something a bit more serious mm -hmm. it gave us a vision of America in economical turmoil you know the we see a rise of far-right gangs we see white supremacists again nothing too <laughs> nothing nothing like America really no we have this weird 1985 style of pink tints and orange sunsets and glows. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just strange. I mean, I think the, the only remarkable thing that we can we can actually say about it is Corey Haim performed most, I say most in inverted commas, uh, his own, of his own stunts. Yeah, I, I saw that when I was kind of researching a little bit for this as well. I mean, was that common for him? And I mean, was there in his other films? Was there a great need for him to be doing his own stunts? Or? No. no. And, and and when we say own stunts, I mean he skates. Right. Okay. He skates fast. 
Right. Eternals. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess you're kind of at risk at that, but and then when you get a stunt double and to you, do the the flips, the flips and getting thrown out of windows or if there's vehicles involved and stuff. But I think generally, when I don't know when you when you think of someone doing their own stunts, you think like Jackie Chan, like jumping out of a window nope. and nope. stuff like that. But no, definitely not. You know, nah. He's not flying a plane like Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Um, oh God, yeah. He's not yeah. strapped to a plane like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, yeah. He skates. He skates. He skates. Okay. Right, well, there's a risk there. So, there, yeah, I guess yeah. that's a stunt. Hey, no, look. I'm not doing it justice. Okay. He skates fast. Real fast. Yes. Like, faster than the average with, uh, with no helmet. Would it be absolutely detrimental to the gang that was running these streets if they just replaced all the concrete with, like, cobbled stones? <laughs> <laughs> like, would that solve the issue? Definitely. I, I'm sure the police are now kicking themselves as to why they couldn't take down the roller boys sooner. It's because all the, all the paths in Venice Beach were silky smooth. Super, super skimmed. Ultimately, it's super smooth. Almost like glass. Yeah. Just absolutely perfect. And you just never thought... Let's not fill in these potholes or these cracks <laughs> or these uneven paving slabs. Let's just let's just leave them as is. No more roller gangs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they run upstairs and everything. And it's, yeah. it's quite unbelievable, though, you know, when you look at Corey Hems' kind of back record, back uh, filmography, he plays a tough streetwise lady killer. And that is just pushing it uh, a little bit too far. Okay, so I think we're ready to start the movie okay nice. feel free click on the link in the description box watch the film while you listen to us watch the film and then listen to us doesn't matter as long as you watch the film and i hope you enjoy yeah. uh, prayer of the roller boys here we go Straight off, you got this nice little guitar riff, you know god it's, it's the 80s personified i'm just waiting for the reverby snare drum in the drum in the drum kit. Oh, it's, gonna, it's gonna get better, okay? Sense, obviously. Because we have this lovely cartoon <laughs> dragon that <laughs> that just came at the out the screen at us and we now have the, the title Prayer of the Roller Boys. Well this is pretty extreme. That must have been kinda of difficult to film because obviously the cameraman was following them in the previous shot. Like proper good quality cameras are like bulky at the best of times, so back in the 80s it would have been bulky and heavy. You're following him probably using a, a, a steady cam, and then Aye. because you've got your... He's roller... We've got, we've, we're meeting Griffin <laughs> at the moment, Corey Helm. He just clearly... His stuntman did a, a nice uh, flip in the air there. Oh, we have Milty in the dumpster. <laughs> we have Gary Lee. Gary Lee giving us a speech about why we are in a dystopian future. Intercut with... Corey Haim speeding around. I think you've got a camera in the middle. Oh, there you go, another a, a, a twirl. Yeah, a mad flip, a, a good a 360, 720 maybe. He looks like he's, he's psyching himself up for something big. See, I told you he goes at a speed. Yeah, you know? that's true. You, no, you, that, you were absolutely bang on the mark with that. This future, the parents have squandered everything apparently. They've mm. lost the farms, the homes. That's why there's going to be homeless communities. Yeah, I was, I was actually kind of curious as to what caused said dystopian future. Patricia Arquette being hit on by an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> um, calling her a nice piece of work. Oh, oh, it's Toe Grab. Yeah. 
his stunt performer must have had to stretch vigorously before he did that. Gary Lee's rocking the curly-haired mullet. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, mullets will ever come back properly. You know how like everything, like all fashion, all haircuts, all this stuff goes in circles. Will the mullet come back? <laughs> I hope it doesn't. Now, director of photography, okay, uh, mm. feeding par- Papa Michael. He ha- is quite a now quite a very well known uh, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He is the cinematographer of films like Walk the Line, Nebraska, Trial of Chicago Seven, The Man. Oh, all right. yeah, He's yeah. currently working on Indiana Jones Five Jeez, while oh. you were sleeping. He's responsible for this orange tint that we're currently looking at. Uh. You can make mistakes in films and still have, <laughs> still have a fantastic a, career. A quite a lucrative one, actually, yeah. So this is like a propaganda video. You've got the American flag in the background. Gary oh, yeah. Gary Lee is speaking mm. to the to the children. It's the it's the flying V from the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> they are swinging their arms back. They're synchronized. We just got our first glimpse of the Roller Boys. Our first taste. In a double-fisted salute. Doesn't quite have the same effect, does it, as a, you know, like the sort of Black Panther or, you know, the sort of solidarity kind of well, they, fist. Yeah, I mean, they're white supremacists. They can't, they can't do a Nazi salute. No, that's true. That, yeah, fair point. So they're going to do a double-fisted salute. Unity, faith, power. Yeah, maybe. Or an invisible chin-up. Fi- or fisticuffs. <laughs> like 18th century <laughs> Queensbury rules. Yes. So Patricia Arquette's now turned up at, at Speedbagger's what? Shop? Honey pie. Honey pie. Honey pie. Oh, look at the wee rat tail. <laughs> Milty is, is now chatting up Patricia Arquette on behalf of Griffin. Ooh. Oh. Why is he not oh. a roller boy? Shot down. He's not good enough. That's why. Who wants to be a roller boy when you can be a pizza delivery boy <laughs> in a barbershop quartet? <laughs> Griffin is is now going out to deliver pizza with his MK, MK, MK forty seven. Yeah, uh, rein, reinforced. Why? What? We're in a future where they still deliver pizzas, and he needs a automatic weapon to do so. Yeah, and oh, barbed yeah. wire on his van. On oh, no, oh, sorry, on Pinky's van. Pinky's mm. the boss. Well, I mean, pizza was very important through the well, that's, you know the lockdown. So that, you know. That clearly is a well-reinforced van because Milty just managed to open the door and get in quite freely. So if you want to steal pizzas, then... Dead easy. Dead straightforward. Okay, so I think we're getting our real first taste now of why we're in the dystopian future. If the armoured pizza van wasn't enough, (laughs) we're now looking at the closest thing uh, to a futuristic kind of concentration camp. We have the, the homeless in some sort of like prison mm. yep the pizza is not for the residents it's for the guards that's a shame yeah oh a dirty little homeless girl milty is clearly going to give his pizza slice to because he's a good kid oh the, fir- the first mention of mist ah is this like a future heroine kind of thing yes definitely uh-huh. can't take him seriously in that hat nope we're oh, seeing mist. We it's luminous green, so that must mean it's bad. Yeah, or radioactive, but that's also bad, so... It looks like a liquid. But you breathe it in through a mask. Okay, hence mist. Fair enough. Yes. I'm, I can't tell whether he's getting high or whether he's out of breath. <laughs> oh, a dash map. 
you know, they've, they've just put a monitor in the <laughs> and floor. And a keyboard, yeah. <laughs> how does this work? A good old-fashioned map. Multi doesn't know how, how maps work. To be fair, that is actually quite relevant to today. <laughs> that that, people, that does track. People taught, taught how to how, how to read maps. Good God. Looks like we have two gang members. Not on blades, though. Not on blades, no. They, they don't want to be noticed. They've just ran away. Someone's trapped inside. And it's... It's Bullwinkle. Oh God! One of it's it's Gary Lee's number two. I reckon that we're seeing a mist factory. Ah, uh, right, okay. And perhaps the competition has firebombed it. All right, yep, okay. So kind of like a, a sort of like gangland hit kind of thing. Yes, take out the competition, mm. and of course Griffin is going to save Bullwinkle, and the only way he can do so is by reversing Pinky's van into the building. Bye-bye, Pinky's van. It's a pretty sturdy van. I mean, it managed to knock in the side of a building, so maybe it's more reinforced than we thought. Yeah, but we're just going to leave the van in the burden building. We're not going to drive it back out. Nah, didn't even cover his mouth. And Bullwinkle ran away. He wasn't even wearing rollerblades. Not a very good roller boy. Maybe you only wear the blades when you are moving in formation. That would make sense. It would just be incredibly difficult to just go about day-to-day -day things like if you were just in the house on a set of rollerblades. Griffin is now meeting Detective jo Jaworski? Jaworski, yes. Detective Jaworski who is going to coerce Griffin uh. at some point into working for him. The pinky van has been destroyed. Pinky's very upset. And of course in the future, Clearly vans cost a lot of money. How on earth is Griffin ever going to clear his debt with Pinky? Mm. The Pinky van, man. What rating is this? This is a 15. Is that a 15, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, here we go. Well, we have to get our frustrations out. So the only way to do that is in an underground car park <laughs> on, on our rollerblades. Oh, man. Um, so it's so, so, a bit like Kevin Bacon and his, uh, his dancing. Yes. We have a footloose moment, little jumps. Performed by him. Hmm. <laughs> Look at that synchronization. We have the first proper appearance of the Roller Boys. Swinging, synch synchronized swinging. Yeah. To be fair, that would be quite a tricky thing to do. As was that little twirl. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's been a long time, Gary Lee. Clearly they know each other. He's on his blades now. And Bullwinkle has thanked Griffin for saving his life. That was nice of him. Yeah. Clearly, he's now going to be in favour of the Roller Boys. Hmm? He's now going to be in favour. Ah, yeah. So there you go, there's your backstory. Next door neighbours. If we look closely as well, you can probably miss it. That terrible animated dragon that was at the start, that seems to be the emblem of the Roller Boys. Not only is it on their trench coat, but it seems to be on... Gary Lee's necklace. A little crucifix and a dragon. <laughs> that is an epic mullet. It's fantastic. It is. It's probably textbook mullet. So, so Griffith is, is, is definitely in here. Yeah. Okay, he saved Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle, number two of Gary Lee. Oh, Gary Lee is gifting Milty his emblem. Oh, wow. Giving off mad culty vibes here. Yes. I think he's grooming him. Yeah. Back in formation. It's almost like marching. You can hear yeah, the, the yeah, blades. A bit, yeah. Maybe that's what the, the swing is. Is their it's their little salute their little <laughs> Nazi salutes. 
Because we have to remember, these are white supremists. They are racists. Ah, racist rollerbladers. Very difficult, isn't it? Because you're watching, but you're having to do, you're having to talk at the same time. Yeah. So then it's because because I, I know because for because you're watching this for the first time, mm -hmm. but then trying to comment on observations, I'm just making sure you're not missing any of the story. No, no, absolutely, no, no, no. I'm I, I'm still getting still getting the gist of it. Okay. Definitely, and no, it is it's no, it's absolutely fine. But yeah, it's just just no. It's, this is good. I, like I'm actually quite enjoying doing this, and it is a bit different as well. But yeah. More, it's definitely more difficult than I thought because with the commentary you've just got to talk and observe yeah, you know absolutely I thought he was going to set about him there like proper to give him a beat down yeah so, so Milty's just accosted Griffin for basically being a loser I mean they do live in a tent in Speedbagger's backyard yeah they're probably lucky because it's not as bad as one of the one of the camps no that's you know? true yeah he just t he tickled him you know yeah. there's that brotherly love yeah looking out for each other well he's looking after Milty I suppose <laughs> it's quite a bleak future to be fair yeah. so the city's overrun with crime and drugs America's financially crippled there's riots in Washington because the, the armed forces are in strike. Uh, Five years for destroying Pinky's van. That's a wow. hell of a jail term. That is brutal. And now he's on a... Oh, he's on a pretty pink bicycle delivering the pizzas. He could get one of those sort of half motorbike, half bicycle things that Tobey Maguire had in... The, oh, which one was it? Was it Spider-Man 2? When he was delivering yeah, pizzas. Yeah, I mean, this is the future. Where's Deliveroo? <laughs> Where's Just Eats? Oh, Milty, you naughty boy. Milty has went behind his brother's back. He's went to the Roller Boys, and the Roller Boys have rocked up with a new van for Pinky. The Pinky van. The new, so the Pinky van 2.0. That gets Griffin out of any debt. That's or true. Or does it? Does it put him in more debt with the Roller Boys now? Milty's overstepping his mark for a little brother. Well, this is it. I mean... He was told to stay away from them. Yeah, and... You know, now there's going to be a debt to be paid. Patricia Garquette just rocks up in the pier in her bra, as you do. As you do. Oh, she's looking for mist. Ah. She's mistaken him for a roller boy, for a dealer. Oh, she just demanded some heaven mist. Fantastic. We we have another indication of, of how bleak this future is. Mm -hmm. America crippled by debt. They have just sold Harvard University to the Japanese. Ah, right, right. And they've yeah. moved it. Brick by brick. What does that say about education? It's, uh, oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay, you can't get a good education in America anymore. No. Nope. you got to go to Japan. Because they literally moved the school there. Brick yes. by brick. Brick by brick, as you do. Wow. You've just met Bango. Hmm? Bango is the peroxide blonde crew uh, cut. Ah, uh, right, okay. So he's the second. He's the third. He's the third. Uh, he's the cycle. Did you not uh, get that? as he playfully manhandled Corey Haim there. And he also snapped a circuit board in half. Is that what that was? Right, yeah. okay. The Roller Boys have turned up at Speedbagger's residence because clearly he has to pay some kind of fee for their security and their protection. Uh, so it's like a protection racket thing that they kind protection of Protection racket, drug racket. There's nothing that the Roller Boys aren't into. Bloody hell. I think that might be the only connection to the title. I was, yeah, I was just about to ask if there was much more in the way of praying and stuff like that. But. Yeah, yeah. Speedbaggers just warned Griffin to say a prayer because the end is coming and it's going to be caused by the Roller Boys who party in a... Gazebo? 
Yeah. Or like a big um, tent. Wow, we have a topless mermaid <laughs> at the party and another topless girl. There's your gratuitous nudity. Yeah. Oh, it's a merry-go-round. Fun for fun for everyone. I would say Roarboyden. Obviously. Gary Lee on a throne. Oh, it's, it's, it's Gary Lee's birthday party. That's what it ah, is. Ah, right, okay. Of course. Because the things that you have at a birthday party are a perverted milty watching two women mud wrestle. Yep. A mermaid. Yep. A merry-go-round. I mean, this is very specific, but, you know, I guess it's, <laughs> I guess it's his birthday. Hey... He wants a mermaid, he gets a mermaid. Fantastic. Bango's packing, apparently. According mm. to Patricia Arquette, he is packing the Loch Ness Monster. But it's in Loch Ness. So that's just going to confuse people. <laughs> Milty is clearly in with the wrong crowd, and Griffin has turned up to get him out of there. He even full-named him and called him Milton. Awkward conversation there. Yeah, Gar- Gary Lee's just offered him the world, you know? Effectively, yeah. But and at a price. You know, you sell your soul... Casey, his uh, Patricia Arquette is back looking for for some more mist. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not pleasant. <laughs> they are literally eating the face off each other, and down come underwear. Yeah, yeah. He's knocked her back because he thinks that she's a junkie. The rejection. We must be in the red light district now. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fifteen, you said. This is this is this is a fifteen. So we've got the gratuitous nudity in the red light district. Is Griffin blades home? Skates home? Blades home? What am I talking about? <laughs> but he's on rollerblades, so he's going to get away most likely. You know, much smoother. Yeah. So I think that is our first introduction of corrupt police that are trying to ramrod. <laughs> <laughs> No, yes, so in the red light district, Griffin has met up, is, is came across two police, including Jaworski, mm-hmm. who want him to work for them yep. as a snitch. What's with all the sandbags? I don't know. Reinforcement? <laughs> oh, Jaworski's throwing the gauntlet out. Clear connection between Griffin and Gary Lee. They go way back. I don't understand why the police find it so difficult to get the roller boys as you've already said yeah like marbles thrown on the floor yeah mess them up real bad i don't know just i don't know maybe maybe just put a lot of grit out or sand see now jaworski's using milty as the bait Ah. look after your little brother Mm -hmm. do the right thing protect him from the roller boys protect him from becoming a potential dealer work for us so you think they could afford cars The 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 roller boys are entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh, he's got you there. Casey's an undercover police officer. Who'd have thunk it? Nice wee uh, propaganda mural there. The future is ours. It looks like they were wearing caps. Yeah, it's misrepresentation. They I don't wear caps. No, trench coats. Oh no, they do wear caps. Oh. Did we just miss that earlier? Maybe you don't wear a cap if you've got a signature haircut like... A mullet. Right, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Has this film inspired you to dig out a pair of rollerblades yet? And a trench coat, and hell a yeah. Uh oh, Milty's selling. You know, in the space of less than a minute, the threat of that's what's going to happen, and now that's actually what's happened. Milty is a dealer. Peddling mist. That escalated very quickly. That did escalate very quickly. Almost as quickly as how people just keep randomly appearing. 
the two police officers in the red di light district, Jaworski. We have to remember that they're racist, Milty. Which even back then was bad. Oh, oh we have a attack on the Roller Boys by a rival gang, I think that this is the V13s. Oh, all right, okay. How do they get about just... Uh, well, they've got a car. Yeah. Let's go. You've just shot most of our guys. Well, Seems a lot more effective than than having skates. See, they would be able to skate, but they don't have their skates. So, right, oh. I'm starting to see why rollerblades are so important. It's a dead end, Griff. Uh-oh. Well, that'll be that then. And out of nowhere to save the day, Bullwinkle. Griff saved Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle saved Griff. It's almost like uh, Bullwinkle was following him. Mm. Do you think Bullwinkle suspects? And where's his strange coat? And Milty is away with Bango and Bullwinkle. So there's the motivation then. Yeah, yeah. You know, in order for Griffin to do what the police want, he's going to go undercover. He's going to get them the, the he's going to get them an inside scoop on the Roller Boys, mm -hmm. as long as Jaworski protects Milty and gives him an education. Maybe have to fly him to Japan for that. <laughs> because that's where Harvard now is. Ah, right. So Jaworski's after something in particular. Yeah. He wants to know what the day of the rope is. Mm -hmm. I know what the day of the rope is. Yep. Would you like would you like to know now or would you like to wait? I'll wait. I'll You'll see wait. if uh, that's I'll fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. You'll love it when it happens. Yeah, I said the explanation. Let, let's just say that the day of the rope is the Roller Boys' final solution. Ah, uh, okay, right. If they weren't any more like Nazis, you know, then... Ah, uh, right. There you, there's another example of your bleak future. Yeah, just fighting all over the place. Yes. Third uh, World War, maybe. Apparently, the, the Israeli uh, Defence Force, who were hired to clean up Northern Ireland, that Gary Lee just mentioned there, they were hired by the Vatican. Do you mean? The future is a bleak place. Absolutely. Nice setup he's got. Yeah, lots of plants. <laughs> and uh, TV with... Oh, oh, he's got TVs mounted on the bodies of uh, mannequins. Ah. As you do. Again, very futuristic. Who would mm. use a TV stand? <laughs> Don't get high on your own supply. Ah, but you see, if we're, if we're talking about the white supremacist thing, mm. he was like, we have to remain pure. Ah, yeah, of course. So what's... What's Miss doing? Oh, um, can't if you're a roller boy, you can't inhale mist. No longer it's pure. A, it's a law. Okay. And iguanas. <laughs> what did they get up to when they were? He he moved away when he was eight. We're we're now being told that they were blood brothers and they they got up to stuff. I know. Cryptic. Initiation. Skate through the heavily armed. Oh, restricted area. Ah. There's only three of them. Uh, two. No. <laughs> he didn't make it past the stop sign. <laughs> he oh. barely got in. Oh, he is not roller boy material. Oh, my God. I've just realised what they're doing. What's that? This is the chariot race in Ben-Hur. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Told you. You can jump entire vehicles if you've got the right roller blades. Those are pretty. Those are pretty snazzy. That guy has the worst aim. <laughs> Splaling blue, spraying bullets. That's it. The uh, stuntman hid his face well there. Yep. 
It's quite creative to get a bit of speed. I mean, these wheels must be like really well oiled on the blades. See, you outrun a motorcycle. There you go. He's got his sneaky bass. He's got his security badge. That's what he was tasked with getting. Now he has to get out of here alive and away from the guy in the boy jumper, who I'm assuming gets Swiss cheesed as well. I wonder if he got a badge. Again, able to outrun these cars on blades. This is... Pretty manoeuvrable. Yeah. Oh, almost sinking up there. As they gently tug at each other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh he's, he's, down. he's down. That's it. It's all over. Why use a bolt cutter when you can use a rocket launcher? <laughs> that was a bit much. Rules yeah, are rules. Yeah, but he just said he wouldn't get a lift home. Oh. <laughs> he didn't say he was going to shoot him right in the chest. Oh, the initiation was all a ruse. They've just stolen guns. Sneaky they, re bass. they really are badass. He's still in though. He still he still managed to become a roller boy. <laughs> so is this this is the ceremony where your Griffin is sworn in? Ah right, yeah, okay. Now this looks a bit more like a sort of culty initiation thing. Fire, people chanting in front of the mural. Yep. Oh, you see all their drug peddlers or kids. Can't say no to kids. It's almost like the sort of Girl Scout cookies thing. <laughs> Want to buy some drugs? Okay. Oh, we have the big speech forum, Griffin. From Griffin, Jesus, what am I doing? No, <laughs> the big speech from Gary Lee. Yep, Griffin still seems a bit unsure about all this. Maybe it's because he's not a massive racist. And Bullwinkle was very suspicious of him because he keeps looking at him. Either that or he loves him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Oh. We have the we have the flying V again from the Mighty Ducks. Is this the Mon Patrol? They're known as the Roller Boys. Yes. But then there's scenes where they don't have the roller skates on. No, no. Oh, he's, he's turned the money. He, they've turned up to fleece Pinky, mm -hmm. his old boss. What could he possibly do to put the fear in Pinky? He just threw his tomatoes, cheese, and black olives on the floor. Well, if that's not going to like strike the fear in the Pinky, yeah. I don't know what is. I mean, mild inconvenience of tidying up for 10 minutes. <laughs> Sends a strong message, though. It does. Oh. Pinky's terrified. He now has to get a mop. I probably felt a bit cathartic to Griffin as well, because Pinky gave him such a, a hard time at the start, so he probably enjoyed that a little bit. Revenge is sweet. Oh, a key scene where we realise that, obviously, the Roller Boys, you know, that... They're maybe not as bad as what people think, because they're given lunch, mm. free lunches, and um, some propaganda comics. Yeah, sneaky that. Yeah. They actually try and do some helpful things to... To brainwash the youth. Yeah. Oh, Speedbagger's heart is broken. Yeah. He realises that Griff is now a roller boy. Is he saying roller pud? I think so. Or was it putts? Roller? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're calling him a pud. Hmm. What is with the weird costume changes with Patricia Arquette's? Casey's just delivered the news that she's an undercover mm. police officer. So all those previous scenes, mm -hmm. wait for it, she was being a cop tease. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that, that was pretty good. Oh, for God's what was the need? <laughs> she literally just licked his face. <laughs> it doesn't feel like you've kissed many boys, Patricia Arquette, if you're going to just lick them. Probably eating a lot of large fruit. I can't imagine that was a, like a, a note from the director. Can you make sure that when you're making out with them, 
Just lick him. <laughs> just, okay? just straight up like, lick him. Like he's a melon. Just, just, just lick away. What's the point in getting in a car if you've got rollerblades? <laughs> yeah, they're clearly not on a raised trailer that's being pulled along. Look at the height difference between that car and the car behind. Yep. No, see? See, they're just driving about regularly. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, there we go. <laughs> up three feet. So Gary Lee is buying back America. <gasps> He's taking them to where mist is made. The drugs. The luminous radioactive doing messed up things to people drugs. Now, we've seen people take it. Mm. I've not really seen what the side effects are. No. Or like, you know, we've seen people just breathing it. Yeah, They're but I've not exactly actually seen, yeah, like people like lying on the streets or like scratching the back of their necks like, have you got this stuff? Yeah. I need the mist, man. There's the incentive. Come and be a roller boy and we'll fund you your, your college. All you need to do is you need to set pedal mist. And make mad bank. I can't believe the height difference on the car. <laughs> Race off between Gary Lee and Griffin. Just like old times. Technically, Griff won that. He was at the fence first. I feel like there's, they want to be doing something other than racing. Yeah. And I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Hi, Gary Lee. <laughs> it just, it, it renders you f filled with fear. There's so much fear in the name. Hi, Gary Lee. Hi, Gary Lee. Jealous much? So this is the new lab, because ah. the previous lab was destroyed. Right enough, yeah. Because that's where Bullwinkle was. Very vibrant colours. I mean, this is like the most complicated drug recipe I've ever seen. So one... He's importing a pacifying drug from the Chinese, like Coke. Mm. Not like Coke the drug, like Coca-Cola. He just <laughs> talked about it being a franchise. Is this, is, this, is this McDonald's? Is it Burger King? You put in a little yellow, you put in a little white, you put in a little blue. And then mix it all up. Here's something, okay? Mm -hmm. Gary Lee's handprint, and only Gary Lee's handprint, yep. who can open the door of the trailer. Okay. He said, that's three shifts a day, seven yep. days a week. That means that Gary Lee's got to be there like pretty much every eight hours to open the, the lock. Is there no better security system? Yeah, and I mean, unless... Uh, what if he goes on holiday? <sighs> uh, there's no holiday for a roller boy. That's a big wad of cash. That is a big wad of cash. But you can't go anywhere or spend it because you're just going to be working all the time, like yeah. Gary Lee, just yeah. hanging out outside that lab, letting people in and out. <laughs> Didn't think that one through, did you? Gary Lee. Hey Gary Lee. Hey Gary Lee. <laughs> oh my god, look at that blue tint. Not even subtle. Again, these these are futuristic colours, remember. Hmm. Oh, that's got a sting. Speedbagger doesn't want your gift. Your charity. Oh look, he's upgraded the tent though. He, that money he's been able to buy himself a mobile home. That is a fair jump. An RV for him and Milty. Milton. Although Speedbagger doesn't want them living there anymore. No, don't get in too deep there. Oh, now we're seeing the after effects of mist. Uh, Milty is clearly hooked, the little junkie. Good L save. Little backstory there. Dad was a drunk, led to the uh, death of his mum. Oh yeah, was that, was that what caused the car accident? That's what caused the car, that's what caused the car accident. Mm -hmm. I feel there's a lot of similarities that the, the writer Elaf is 
actually then taken and made into a much better film later on with Point Break. Mm-hmm. Like with mm. the obviously the undercover cop in this one's yeah. girl, but Keanu Reeves uh, as Johnny Utah mm-hmm. had to had to go undercover with Patrick Swayze oh, yeah, and the yeah, surfing right crew. And though surfing's much cooler than rollerblading, <laughs> quite clearly. <laughs> You've lost your brother. Your brother is hooked on mist. He's now hooked. He's and an a, addict. A perfect opportunity for them to make out again. again. Yep. It's the music. Oh my god. It's the guitar solo the in guitar. the background. <laughs> well, this is uncomfortable. Yep. The two undercover cops in the van outside listening in to see if Corey Haim is going to essentially get a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's unnecessary. No, please stop. <laughs> it's 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 finger licking good. <laughs> You're just about to lose a bet, mate. That's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to see Corey Haim's sex face. Nope. Ha <laughs> She's not that easy. Nope. Uh-huh. See, that's why she's an Academy Award winning actress because she can make you think mm-hmm. that she is easy. Easy. When reality, lady of the night. <laughs> yes. Lady. I don't care what anybody says. No white guy can carry off a bandana. Not even Corey Haim. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks weird. <laughs> like a crap pirate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think facial hair would help either. No, no. I, don't think he, I don't think he could actually grow facial no, hair. No. It would be fluff. <laughs> so you, you would have, you'd have bum fluff, bum fluff pirate. Yeah. Not exactly terrifying. Oh, we have. Oh, it's the rival gang. It's the uh, the B thirteens. Yep. Oh, slow mo shot. What's coming? Nothing good. It's the Roller Boys. As if. Oh, no, God, they're heavily armed. Incredible. Look heavily at armed. that. And in formation. Look at that. Slow motion. It's the flying V. <laughs> MK forty sevens. I'm saying M. Is it AK forty sevens? AK, yeah, AK, yeah. No, sure, oh, oh, well, MK. Yeah. I'm sure there is an MK something. Yeah, look at those slow motion shots. I'm sure the ramp helped. No, get no, that, that was just pure thigh strength, just <laughs> jumping right over that. Whee! <laughs> Surprise! So much violence, slow motion violence, but violence all the same. Oh! Hitting women in slow motion twice. Jesus! Racist and misogynists. Yeah. These guys are the worst. Do you love it when somebody gets mowed down in a hail of bullets and there's not a single bullet wound? Yeah, I, I really thought that a shoot-up would be a lot messier than this, but this is quite clean. Oh, God. Right in the... The speed bag. <laughs> Someone set on fire. Drop and roll, drop and roll. Someone just... <laughs> wow. One of the roller boys has had his leg cut off. The hidden part clearly in a hole in the ground. Bill Winkle's onto you. <laughs> Of all the things Bangle could have said there. <laughs> what you guys doing? Making love? <laughs> <laughs> He's very polite. He can't come across as uncouth. So that's probably the closest reason that that's like an R rating, other other than the, the gratuitous nudity. So mm. your R rating's like your 15. Yeah, because it's a mature rating in America, isn't it? Or an 18. 
is the equivalent over here. Is that right? Well, the the NC seventeen is an eighteen. NC seventeen. That's yeah, that's right. Um, our rating is fifteen, and then they've got they've got PG thirteen. PG thirteen, as well. which is like our twelve. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just because I thought I thought with this being like a certain nineteen nineties, I, I thought this would have probably have hit the mark at being a, uh, a seventeen. They but probably were going for I don't know a lower rating. <laughs> wow, Gary Lee. Whoa. Milty will have a closer relationship with Gary Lee than Griff will ever have. And he just smacked him in the face. Right in the face. That's it. Go to Speedbagger for advice. You don't want to give it, though. He's in over his head by this point. Absolutely. Stressed out of his nut. The voice of experience. Absolutely. Hate does more harm than good. Absolutely. Oh, if only you understood, Speedbagger. If only you understood. I know. The pressure of... Having to work undercover. As a racist, misogynist, rollerblading punk. Punk. Constantly shooting stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's threatening. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Bill Winkle, can you uh, bite sadistically into this apple, please? Cool, got it in one. <laughs> okay, here's the enthusiasm. Jesus. Who do you think they're beating up? Pinky? Nope. Who would have more meaning? Speedbagger. Yeah. Oh no. Remember, they are white supremacists. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots of whooping. He's he's having fun. Counts his enthusiasm. Bloody hell. I thought he would look worse than that. Yeah. He's got a cut above his eye. Why is Milty blaming Griff? It's Milty's fault. Yeah, this is yeah. He's he's uh, projecting quite a bit, isn't he? Look at the orange tint now. The color palette in this film is it's got range. Yeah, pinks, blues, oranges. <laughs> Just need some green. All the, the drugs uh, missed. Yeah, whose fault was that? Milty. The Outerlands. Bubble Towns. Bubble Towns sound lovely. <laughs> Bear speed bagger. Yeah, that's unconditional love right there. Mm -hmm. He's in over his head. Yep. He's beating up his friend. His younger brother's hooked on drugs. He's wearing a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's admitting that he's in over his head. Yeah. What will Casey do? What will her advice be? Face looking. <laughs> or not. That was like, oh, no, 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 there they go. Yeah. He had to think about it. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. This is the worst scene in the whole film. You're an undercover police officer. Mm hmm. Where do you keep your badge? Um, oh, I don't know. Do you keep it on a table by the front door? Uh, probably not, no. Sitting on the top of plain view? No. No. What's surprising is how long it takes Bill Winkle to actually notice it. He was said not to be the sharpest tool. <laughs> that gun is bigger than Bill Winkle. That's true, and Bill Winkle's a pretty big guy. He's really upset. Again, point blank range to the back of the head. That was pretty tidy. And probably a hell of a lot of paperwork. <laughs> but some vital information. Did you hear what he said? No, I missed it on all the action. What did he say? He said, I know you. That night through the window. Ah. The two guys that set yeah. fire to the lab. Ah. I think we've got some corrupt police officers on our hand. Do you think he knows? Jaworski? Mm. No. He's as straight as they come. Okay. That wasn't an answer. <laughs> what? No! <laughs> That's what was a that damn kid, question! What was that kid talking about? Can we Nothing? go? Can we go? Okay, yeah, fair enough. She can't, Griff. She's in it for life. Not until the job's done. It's all because of her crucial backstory. Her brother was a roller boy. Real hero too. Oh, Hi, Gary. Hey, Gary. <laughs> that was a threat. 
A veiled one. Oh, he's in the kitchen. This is where he wants to be. That's where he wants to be, so he can he can spill the beans, he can give access to the police. I think we're we're heading into the climax now. Do they do they give measurements on how much blue, yellow and white, or is it just scoop? Yeah, they gave you measurements. Did you not listen to Bango? A bit of this. A little bit of blue. Yeah. A little bit of yellow. Hmm. A little bit of white. Okay. Mix it all up. <laughs> it's a very exact science. It is. A smidge of this. A dusting of that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a top shelf patter there. Yeah, one of the cops looks like he's about 60 as well. Yeah, coming up for retirement, I would have said. Definitely probably shouldn't be out in the field. We haven't seen any skating in a while. That's true. But we are now seeing some obvious product placement. Mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts. But wouldn't that be bad press? Like, the bad guys go to Dunkin' Donuts? Good guys go to, I don't know, Crisp, Usually it's Crisp the cops that go to Dunkin' Donuts. Ha 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 ha! I salute you. <laughs> Down in one. But that was beer, that wasn't brick. There you go. Day of the rope. The rope Good. makes God. you sterile. Because that's the only way wow. that you can create a perfect society. Get them hooked on mist, make them sterile, and therefore the only people that can... Survive or are reproduce. Are the roller boys. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It does, in a really messed up roundabout way. So is this what music was like in the 1990s? <laughs> yes. Lots of saxophone solos, from what I remember. <laughs> Just to show you how powerful the acid is. Troppy's beer can in there. Did they say it was, what, hydrochloric? Um, see for this being like, you know, take down the roller boys mm -hmm. and just kind of recreate, get rid of the bad eggs society, mm -hmm. get everything back. Huge police operation. There's only, there's only like three cops. Four, sorry. Casey, Jaworski yeah. and um, token mm. guy one and token guy two. <laughs> police officer one and two. I don't even think they have names. <laughs> You might just get your wish. Definitely going to get his chance. Oh, balls. They're not very good at this, are they? Oh, no, don't hit Bango. Again, I'm still not buying Corey Haim as this action hero. Nah. I mean, Bango is like three times the size of him. That's true. Oh, God. Gunshot sure with this that time. Bye, Bango. Good job there was another police officer there who wasn't corrupt. So now they're down to two cops and... Griffin. How did those guys expect to get away with that anyway? If, it was, you know, yeah, it was a bit, of a, f oh, a bit of a flimsy plan. Again, it's this way where people just happen to turn up. Mm, proper tough guy. Of course, it's not over yet. Where's Gary Lee? Hey, Gary Lee. Oh, here we go. Well, here's a question. Mm. Um, when did Griffin put his uh, rollerblades on? Fair point. Quick change around. I mean, did, did they just like step outside of the, the drug cut? And oh, hang on. Now I need to put my blades on. And then he like sat down for two minutes. <laughs> Why would he want the mist? They've clearly got him on like mm -hmm. production of, of drugs. They've yeah. got his empire. Yep. Oh, nice. Nice one. Shot in the face. And... <laughs> <laughs> Access denied. Shotgun to the chest. Mid-air as well. Hang on. Why is the villain chasing the hero? Is it not there? Should it not be the other way around? Well, I suppose he's armed, so... I know, but the villain should be trying to get away. Oh, no, he's, he's got to get his vengeance, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about that sweet, sweet vengeance. Yes. And he can get up a set of stairs pretty quickly on rollerblades. We're now... Oh, we're, we've got our orangey-pink filter back. Yep. That was clearly a stunt, man. 
They just leapt up those stairs. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It was Corey Haim all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. At least one person went, woo, woo. Would you not have a slightly better shot if you were in one spot, I guess? Uh, I don't know. Or, or, or not on rollerblades? Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine skating and shooting to be the easiest of things. No, no. Moving target and you're moving, it's, yeah. no, it's just it's very difficult. Griffin, come out, come out. Over here, Gary Lee. <laughs> hey, Gary Lee. <laughs> oh, trapped in between filing cabinets? Oh, his plan worked a treat. Slowed him right down. Yeah. Are they gonna Are they gonna have a fisticuff, or is he just gonna tire him out? Yeah. Is this an endurance battle? It's you and me, Gary Lee. <laughs> Mano a hamo. <laughs> yeah, he's behind the pillar, right in front of you. Oh. Oh, fantastic. Sweet move. Didn't even get the gun off him, but no. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> Gary Lee almost ended up flat on his back there. <laughs> That was a good save. Well recovered. That was actually the actors there. Yeah. How come in the previous one? Well, no, it's because it's because they they were jumping up. down. Yeah. And that yeah. other one was jumping up. Oh, fantastic! There's a slow motion hurtling through the air while some, uh, maybe three or four gas canisters exploded. There's there's clearly hundreds there, but only three or four. I guess they were probably stored properly, don't have them all too closely together. Otherwise you get like a, I don't know, like a Transformers level explosion. Go on, one more time, shout it. Griffin! <laughs> he is the campest <laughs> leader ever. He's, he's uh, yeah, he's quite, quite eccentric, but maybe he is. Like, he, he's definitely not menacing in any way, shape no, or form. Probably just a, yeah, I think he's going for the more psychotic. <laughs> It's you and me, Approach. Griffin. <laughs> Wanted to trust you. Call sentimental. Me sentimental. Let's get the baby oil, Griffin. <laughs> it can be like when we're eight years old. <laughs> oh! oh! And the conveniently placed pole dancing pole. <laughs> Why is that there? <laughs> no, Griffin can't do that. He's he's morally too good. Sharp Milty. Pressurizing them. I know. Both of them. <gasps> There's the knife that he put in the nutsack earlier on. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Still not gonna be able to have kids. Quick fists. I think that might be the first punch of it actually genuinely seeing him throw in this whole film. Yeah, that's yeah, I think you're probably right. I love how he started his He is still in his skates. It's just to make it the easier to get into the car. Yeah. Watch the permed mullet. That was nice. <laughs> That's probably the most psychotic he's looked through yeah, the whole yeah. film. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Right, we're going to book and process you. Name? Gary Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Remind people while you're called Speedbagger. So they're off to Oregon for a new life. Yeah, it's, it's nice warm. up there. Yeah. <gasps> Potential sequel dialogue. Whoa. Increase our investments in the Pacific Northwest. Because that's where Oregon is. How did he find that out? Geography. He had a good teacher. Everything's going to be fine for now. Until the sequel gets pitched and rejected because they realised this was abysmal. So why would they ever make a sequel to it? <laughs> and did, what, was that actually true? Was that... Well, the, clearly through that dialogue, you can tell that they're setting up 
a sequel. A sequel. Yeah. yeah. But was it actually pitched and just For, uh, shot I, down? I'm not that I'm aware of, but I'm sure that I don't think you would you would not pitch it if you had dialogue like that. I mean, yeah. I think I think even studios back then they were very much we 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 want minimum like three films mm-hmm. so you've got to end it in a way that yes either a either a nice cliffhanger like back to the future 2 mm-hmm. or you end it in a way where yes you if somebody comes up with a, a decent idea or if the studio or if it's if 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 it turns out that prayer the world boys earns 50 million bucks at the box office mm-hmm. then they have to give it a a sequel, a sequel. right uh, clearly oh, okay. it didn't because the box office figures are hidden um, in a dusty oh. drawer for nobody to know ever not ever. even the people involved I think they should have made a prequel <laughs> okay Prayer of the Roller Boys The Rise of Bango The Rise of Bango yeah almost like a sort and of spin you would off. have had a, a best friend growing up called Bingo <laughs> Bingo Bango I would have I don't know if I would have watched that <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, that is Prayer of the Roller Boys. It's quite a, elaborate, this this Day of the Rope thing. I mean, you, in the, you, you see yeah. him skate past the big, massive, spray-painted mural that mm-hmm. says the Day of the Rope is, is coming. And and what, what does it turn out to be? Sterilisation. Sterilisation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't know if that was intentional like because i mean i don't know if there is any sort of clever metaphor i mean obviously sort of death the end of obviously who they deem not to be worthy enough to have children and you know inferior races or whatever with them being white supremacists and stuff but i don't know just i guess there could have been a maybe it wasn't an obvious metaphor but day of the rope just yeah i thought there would have been a bit more of a correlation or a, a bit more of a connection with or an actual physical rope, but uh, well, I guess not. <laughs> That's what I actually thought. I thought it was going to be like, yeah. like they were just going to hang people. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it was going to send like a message or something uh-huh. like that. I mean, probably just to keep them with the whole dystopian, futuristic idea. You know, obviously they're not marching them into gas chambers. Yeah. They are going to make them sterile so as to not to repopulate. It's still a plan that's going to take a long time. It's not it, instantaneous. No, no. Uh, I know of some of the absolute atrocities that occurred in Nazi Germany, but did, did there was a, like a sterilization program that the actual Nazis tried to make a go of? That's beyond my kind of history knowledge. Mm. I, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something like that. I mean, no, I know it's... that Joseph Mengel, he conducted experiments on children oh, in, in Auschwitz, mm-hmm. and he conducted numerous studies into into twins right. as well. Right. There, there might be something there, but I mean, you know, you've got a film there that's pure nineties. Oh yes. The pastel colours. It's even got nine inch nails as a, on on the soundtrack. Yep. It's now 31 years old. Its kind of vision of the future is just rubbish. <laughs> yeah, well, see, this is something that I always find quite amusing. See, when you even watch, like, old kind of, like, Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry-style cartoons from, like, the 40s and stuff, every kind of vision that they have of the future is that we all have, like, holidays on the moon and, like, yeah. hovering cars and everyone's wearing these, like, weird, almost uniform-looking kind of clothes. Yeah, and yeah, I guess I guess society and pop culture just kind of hit a plateau, and just 
I mean, we carry around, you know, computers effectively in our pockets and stuff like that. And technology has come a long way, but not hover cars and stuff like that. So that's pretty far-fetched, but there was definitely a trend in a lot of 80s films that, you know, anything past the 80s was just going to be an absolute societal implosion. And, you know, it was just going to be World War Three and... Everything was going to be rubbish, and including haircuts and style choice, and yeah, all sorts. But yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Predictions of the future can be pretty inaccurate. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think what the the show that probably got the most right was was Star Trek. I mean, mm-hmm. mobile, especially flip mobile phones. No, true. Uh, the sliding doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, here our vision of the future is. White supremacists on rollerblades. Only in one small corner of the woods. It's 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 Venice Beach in LA. It's ve- yeah. It's it's, it's, it's very... not it's not the world. No. And he talked about his business ventures and how much money the actual gang had and stuff. And you really would have thought there would have been more mention of you know roller boy gangs in other states and other parts of the country, but it was it really wasn't. Well, hey, that's where they were good, probably going to come in with the sequel. That's true. We're gonna, you know yeah. the the roller boys Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it's like like light years away, but then any kind of futuristic thing that it tries to do. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the idea that Japan buys one of the most prestigious universities in America ships over brick by brick, yeah, just because they can. I suppose it's obviously predicting the future is almost impossible to do in terms of every kind of aspect. I mean, people try and predict the way stock markets and stuff are going to behave which is i guess people's jobs but you know i, I think a lot of these things going if you if you look at things historically you know a sort of stock market crash will cause all sorts of like a ripple effect and all sorts of other problems and uprisings and you know political struggles and war and stuff like that you know all, all these things do all kind of occur but that film was made in the 80s there hadn't you know world war Two ended in 44 no know, 45 and 45 and you know the cold war wasn't really your stereotypical war war that was just kind of like a propaganda war more than anything so you know, there had been a fair amount of time, so maybe the thinking in the 80s was that, you know, we're well overdue for World War Three. you know, after Vietnam and stuff. Like, you know, everyone's probably just ready to kind of kick off. And Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're not far off that. It doesn't really take much to offend another country, and everyone's got nukes and stuff now. But, yeah, the dystopian future just seems to be food shortages and everyone getting hooked on mist and cutting about on rollerblades. So. And... What a dystopian future it is. What would you rate it? For new listeners, I rate it out of six to represent the Infinity Stones. So I'm going to go with four because that was... Whoa! I'm going to go with four because that was a prime example of a bad film that was so bad it was good. And it was, it was entertaining, but as long as you don't take it seriously in any respect whatsoever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it is a good, fun watch. There's a few chuckles, and it's just nice to see something that's a product of its time, and even just to try and get inside the sort of thinking of the writers and or the screenwriters and the director's vision and stuff at the time. Like, yeah, this is what people were genuinely scared of or, like, <laughs> had, a, had, a, had, a, had concerns over. I mean, I'd, I personally would, would be terrified of a permed mullet in a trench coat. <laughs> if it was, if it was 
synchronise skating towards yeah. me. Yeah. I'd run away from that. Yeah, I, I mean, they're coming towards you at great speed as well. So, yeah, a little intimidating, I suppose. How many, how many chainsaws for you? I am going to give this three chainsaws out of five. Right, okay. Okay, so I put it bang, slap. It's not really in the middle because I can't... <laughs> it's, it's an odd number. Um, <laughs> no, it's... It's not, it's not terrible, but it's not fantastic. No. But it is one of these films that sit back and have a beer, don't mm-hmm. take seriously, no, no, no. and you'll you'll enjoy it. I mean, it is it's a product of its time. Yeah. Um, unbelievably, it's it's got a sixty four percent Rotten Tomatoes audience rating. Yeah. Which I thought it's quite high. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say. And Kim Newman, when he reviewed it in Empire, mm-hmm. he gave it two stars out of five. Yep. And he said, it's a future, it is America's nightmare, gang warfare is rife, and our hero must save his little brother from certain self-destruction. A mildly amusing stock future gone wrong scenario that lacks any real coherence. Fair enough, the, the plot is ludicrous but so is the plot of any dystopian film yeah there is no way you buy Corey Haim as some sort of action hero out to save the day afraid not however the fantastic menace of Bullwinkle eating an apple Bango's weird one-liners yeah and, and and Gary Lee Hey Gary Lee. Hey Gary Lee. Um, that make up for it. Oh, what other reviews are there? Uh, so Kenneth Turin um, in the LA Times said that director Rick King and cinematographer is it Fedden? Yep. Fedden Papa Michael. Yep. Have combined to give Roller Boys a clean, exciting visual look. They not only make good use of local lo- uh, locations like Venice Beach and the uh, Vincent Thomas Bridge, they bring an adrenalised pulp vigor to the entire picture catching and holding the eye with with every sorry with everything from a midnight bazaar of women to a phalanaxis phalanaxis that's a that's a that's a word i don't use on a day-to-day basis (laughs) word of the day is phalanaxis i'm probably not even saying that right anyway um of cool roller boy skating information their long coats billowing in the wind Prayer of the Roar Boys may lack a lot of a lot in terms of current polish and sophistication, but watch out for these guys in the future. <laughs> no, that's talking about the director and the cinematographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, the director didn't really go into anything good. The cinematographer did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Time Out wrote uh, a tame teen movie ripoff from, among others, Red Dawn, The Clockwork Orange, and Surf Nazis Must Die. I've never seen Surf Nazis Must Die, I must check that out. This is a sci-fi pick for the computer games generation. Is it? Mm, is it really? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it is. It's a bit of a stretch. Robocop-style media images present a paranoid vision of the future where the economic superpowers of Germany and Japan have bankrupted the United States decimating its adult population and forcing the abandoned children to live in camps. The violence is toned down, the sex bland, the interest level zero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the sex, I don't know if it's bland, it's it's more gross than the violence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just because they are constantly, they're not, they're not, kissing or getting off no they are munching each other yeah. and and then patricia arquette sees some need to suck on 
Corey Haim's fingers. <laughs> that's a very specific thing. Yes. That's, that, that's a, a creepily specific thing. Most actresses would, would say, no, I'll just kiss him. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she goes for it. Yep. Method acting, maybe? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I know, I know. It's an image that I'm never going to forget. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's, it's going to haunt me in those moments when I'm by myself. And <laughs> that just pops in there. Maybe um, to, to bring it up at therapy. Just, uh, oh, I, had the, I had the flashbacks again. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about Patricia Arquette sucking fingers. <laughs> what this do you think it, it represents? This is interesting. <laughs> It represents pure horror. <laughs> Nothing else. Undiluted terror. Other film suggestions coming out of this. I mean, I've, I've mentioned the, the, these before. The obvious one, you with The Lost Boys. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, Corey Haim film where he first worked with Corey Feldman, mm -hmm. directed by Joel Schumacher. You got License to Drive. Probably the, along with Lost Boys, that's, that's the only other decent uh, to Corey film directed by Greg Beeman. Pump Up the Volume, which I have mentioned before in previous casts, which is a much better kind of teen drama about angry teens uprising, mm -hmm. and that's got Christian Slater in it. All right. And something I actually, I, I bought this in 2015, and it was one of these, it was during a time when there was a lot of throwbacks to... 80s style movies mm -hmm. so like you had films like Hobo with a Shotgun for example <laughs> that came out and um, this one was called Turbo Kid right. and it's got Michael Ironside in it oh, um, yeah. Turbo Kid actually is I'd, I'd, I'd put it on, on par with this one maybe right. maybe three chainsaws out of five oh, okay. good fun and kind of knows what it is I don't think this film knows what it is I think this no. one's trying to be too serious yeah yeah no I th I th yeah um, I think if um, you're having one of these sort of like uh, almost like 80s nostalgia kind of nudge nudge wink wink to the way films used to be made you cannot by any stretch of the imagination take it overly seriously no but I guess that's kind of part of the fun of it but yeah like films that were actually made at this time and that were a product of their time did take themselves seriously because that was what was deemed cool you know, in pop culture at the time, and now we're even darker and edgier than we ever thought we would be, and this is still a very kind of light-hearted and funny and almost bordering on camp, but <laughs> it's entertaining. Bordering on camp? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> what are you two guys doing? Making love? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh, dear. Probably another recommendation just to add on to years of Probably Point Break. I mean, it's... Oh, definitely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Pro definitely. I, I mean, I don't know much about the 2015... The 2015 remake? Don't. Don't. No, no right. Just watch, just watch the Keanu Reeves like one. The Plague. Just, just watch the original. Watch the original. Uh, you're in... Yeah, if you've never seen Point Break, then you're in for a treat. In yeah. fact, a good double bill would be Prayer for the Roller Boys followed by Point Break because then you can, you can actually see similarities mm. so there's quite a lot of similarities especially with the whole Casey thing and finding the discovering the undercover cop and then the the relationship and the the kind of machoism mm -hmm. you know that's behind it yeah yeah definitely Point Break's a brilliant film mm. 
It'd be great to hear what people thought. I mean, this is the first time we've done anything yeah. like this. I'm sure we got things wrong. We appreciate um, any and all feedback. Any and all feedback. Remember to like the podcast. Remember to subscribe or, mm-hmm. or to follow us. That would be great. Shout out to, to people listening across the world. It's it's fantastic that you enjoy doing Aye. picks. Yeah. Uh, we enjoy recording it. We've got uh, a shop that I'm hoping to populate with more items, including I already have a, an idea for a, a Roller Boy t-shirt <laughs> um, with the slogan, Day of the Rope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we can all walk around and promote sterilization. Yeah, that that might come back and bite us. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a link in the description box for Redbubble. Use the in the search engine. Uh, use PIKI05. Just just keep listening. Follow, like, comment. Ask us if there's anything that you want to to record. You can find us on on Spotify, you can find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on Apple. You can get in touch at uh, PIKI05 at yahoo.co.uk if you want to to give us any any specific feedback or there's anything you're wanting us to perhaps review in the future. Uh, Always good to hear from people and I'm just going to end this Rollerboy inspired podcast by channeling Gary Lee in the only way I can. So this is this is when Griffin is sworn in uh, as a, a roller boy. Hail Griffin, our newest brother. Griffin is now off the dragon. His rage is the breath of the dragon. And his fire shall consume the infestation that has crippled America. If the white army is to fulfill its divine purpose, we must have a homeland. Those who would deny us, they are the enemy and they shall perish. We are strength and we are your warriors. The future is ours. This is how I imagine Gary Lee talks mm. in the film. It's not how he actually talks, but that's what I hear in my head. Yeah, he's, he's not your typical sort of tough guy, just kind of more... Uh, um, whiny white boy? Yeah, whiny white boy that's an ideas man that's a bit psychotic. So, yeah, no, that, that's fair. I mean, I wish I had Speedbagger's voice because I would get so much voice acting work from that alone, but I don't. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just going to straight out give this one. In my dulcet tones, I don't hate nobody, son. Hate does more harm than good. It's the root of all evil. That, along with poverty. And wolves make great pets, don't they? So, so long as they ain't your sheep they're eating. Dig's out. Pig's out.
it away. Burn the pictures. It's 